0: You're listening to behind the note podcast brought to you by a musician for musicians here. You will get advice toward a successful music career. This show is made to educate, inspire, motivate, and empower. Now here is your host, Chris Davis. Hello everybody.
1: Thank you for pressing play. We're episode number 14 today. And this is a special episode because this is the very first in studio episode. Normally, I talked to people on Skype and I recorded that way through the computer. But today we have someone in studio. We both live in Chicago. So I said, hey, why don't you come over to the house? And we were able to work that out. So I'm going to introduce to you today's guest. Today's guest has played with the legends of jazz. Benny Golson, Victor Goines, Betty Carter. He was actually a finalist in Betty Carter's Jazz Ahead program, which was a residency. He's one of the best guitar players in the area and that's actually saying that's a that's a big accomplishment. He comes from St. Louis and it's my pleasure to introduce to you today Mr. Larry Brown Jr. Thank you Larry so much for joining us on the show today.
0: Chris, you are the man. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey guys, Larry is my first in-house, ooh, my voice cracked. My first in-house interview and I'm very thankful for that.
0: I'm in the house.
1: That's right. I need. I need a name for this now studio, which is my apartment. Mm. <laughs> we we'll, we'll come up with. We'll name. come up with some. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So we got Larry Brown with this, and Larry, let's start off the show. Tell us real quick how you got into playing. Where did you begin?
0: I started playing guitar at four years old. Uh, my parents put a guitar in my hand, and uh, never put it down, so to speak. <laughs> Um, I'm a third-generation guitarist. My dad played guitar. My grandfather played guitar. Um, I have a family full of musicians and singers, um, so it's just in my blood. So, did you grow up playing in church? I grew up playing in church. I started playing in church. When I was about I mean like 13 or 14, and um, I started playing organ when I was like 16, and so uh, I still do that a lot. Um, so. Um, church was definitely influential to my um, progression as a musician.
1: So, what did you do for those nine years from the time you started until you started playing in church?
0: Wow, I just, uh, what I would do is anything. I took lessons, of course. Uh, my parents um, had all of us take lessons from like four years old to 18. All my brothers and sisters had to take lessons. And, um, but what I would do over the summers, uh, would just sit by the radio and just try to play whatever came on the radio. If it had a guitar part, I would just try to figure it out at eight years old, right?
1: So did you really start <laughs> learning funk? What kind of music did you start learning?
0: Well, this was the 90s. Okay. So um, it was all about R&B and, and hip-hop. So like, if it was like Boyz II Men, uh, like Maxwell was really popular, I remember him. The D'Angelo Voodoo album like changed my whole life. So yes, that, that was a great album. That album, you know what I was saying too on some musicians. Um, we were talking about that album, and we talked about how how important like the kind of blue album was to jazz. I was like, is Voodoo like R and B or neo soul's kind of blue? I would have to say, yeah. How <laughs> like? Especially for the sound
1: of the <laughs> horn section, right? That, at the time, that was different, right? And you kind of hear it now, yeah. In some things,
0: that's an influential album. People still discovering that album twenty, what? I know it's twenty years later.
1: Right? Yeah, so that's true. And speaking of horn sections, my favorite horn section right now is Mo Horns. Oh yeah, and I got to get them on the show, Marvin. If you're listening, I got to get you on the show, man. <laughs> Got to get you here. I reached out to Marvin. Still waiting on you, Marvin. All right, so, oh, yeah, okay, Larry, I want to ask you about some things. I know that you did the Betty Carter Jazz Jazz Ahead program. Will you tell us yes. about that
0: and, and when you did it? I did that in 2009. Um, the It was being directed by um, the late, great um, Dr. Billy Taylor. And he, he, along with Carmen Lundy, Curtis Fuller, uh, several others, with Nard Harper, uh, were a part of the staff who took in musicians from New York, Australia, California, um, Chicago, Kansas City. I think those were the areas that were represented that year as finalists, and just spent time with us, um, listened to us play, critiqued our compositions, um, gave us some tips about performing live, which is something that we all we all need as young musicians. And so it was just a great experience. Uh, when I always remember, we spent two weeks at the Kennedy Center performing, and the program is still going strong now under the leadership of Jason Moran. And um, there's a whole new crop of musicians that are coming up. So uh, it's a good thing for jazz. And so I, I'm just happy about its um, progression still.
1: You got to work on your compositions, you say. Yes, that's really nice. What kind of things did you guys do in that area?
0: We basically played our compositions for. Uh, we played them for Dr. Taylor and basically the staff.
1: Were you doing some writing like on on the site while you were there? Did you bring something in? No, because it on?
0: was uh it was a competition, so uh, they already had the music, and okay. so that's how they picked out the finalists. I think there was like fifteen hundred, you know, compositions that they received and. I think there was 30 or so that was paid and so um, our music uh, was critiqued even further um, once we got there so it was really good it was really good they gave us some good pointers and uh, some compositional things that um, I didn't really discover you know coming up studying the music um, in, in school so to speak so They definitely shed some light on some different things. And so it was very good.
1: Before we started recording, I asked you a question. I'm about to ask you for the recording because I think people need to know. But tell us about the Black Church Music Piano Camp.
0: This was a piano camp I started in 2009. And the camp went for three years. It was a camp geared toward kids in the community that I grew up in, which is Venice, Illinois. It's like a minute south uh i'm in the east of the mississippi river in the st louis metropolitan area and the camp was basically to um nurture young musicians um the way i was nurtured um you talked about um starting in church and so i wanted to be able to uh give back sort of pay it forward so that seed um into some younger musicians as they you know grow up in high school and so uh, it went three years. It was a good, um, good time. We may do it again um, soon, in the next couple of years, when we can really uh, take it to a, you know another level. Um, most of the kids who were older in the camp are in college now. Uh, I know one's in the army, and so I stay connected to them from a mentorship standpoint. And a lot of the kids are still playing. Some are not, but I think that we we uh, made an impact on those kids, and so that's what it's all about.
1: That's why I wanted you to talk about it briefly because it's not happening anymore. But you put the work in up front, and those lives have been touched, and you're still mentoring them, even though you you don't see them all the time. It's just a phone call away, email away, and it's nothing to get in the plane or a car and see those those people again. So I wanted to bring that up because I don't know who's listening, who might have the idea to start something similar, and even if it's only for a short period that's that's time that you're making an impact in people's lives.
0: Definitely, definitely. So, I agree.
1: thank you for doing that. And
0: tell us about Music for the Heart also. Music for the Heart is a foundation um, that started out as an idea to bring awareness to heart disease. Um, most of us know that heart disease is killing a lot of, of people, primarily in the African-American male community, with strokes and heart attacks. And so... It's a way to sort of bring awareness to that. Um, and so what we what we do and what we like to do more of is to uh, bring in different artists to possibly go out into different communities, play their music, but also um, this be a platform to also give out information, tips, best practices uh, toward dieting and eating healthy, and what facts are about um heart disease. I think there's probably not too many people um who are in America who doesn't have a family member who is affected in some way by heart disease. So this is a this is a um a global um calling to um save our people. Great. We need that. Yeah, thank you for using <laughs> music to bring awareness yeah, to m- that. Music, um music is a power. Um, music is something that has changed our world, that this world wouldn't be <laughs> what it is um, positive, positively or, I guess, negative to negatively without music. And so we want to try to use the power of music to do good and to inspire.
1: So I want to ask you, what's happening right now? What's going on?
0: Right now, I'm in the booth. <laughs> nice. I'm in the booth working on album number two. This album's going to be a lot different from the There Can Only Be One album.
1: There Can uh, Only Be One is Larry's first release, guys. So just so
0: you know. It's available on iTunes if you want to check it out, see where, I, where I've been. So now you kind of get a glimpse of where I'm going. But, um, yeah, we're in a booth working on a new album. I've been writing some songs for some other artists as well. And so right now we're just in creative mode, ready to, you know, take – Take my sound and kind of um, my take on music compositionally to a different place. Uh, this next album's gonna be a lot different from the first one, so I hope I don't scare people, but uh, I think everybody will be able to enjoy this.
1: Okay, can you tell us how it's going to be different, or is that a secret?
0: Uh, hmm, it's a secret. Yeah, it's kind of a secret. Okay, uh, it's it's kind of a secret, so to speak, but really just be um. It, it won't be your traditional jazz album okay um i'm making this album this album is for guitar players it's for um it's for uh people i call this the love doctor album <laughs> all right <laughs> right we're gonna be doing some stuff that that um will definitely be relatable to people in different uh areas of life and love and relationships so uh, it'll be a very interesting listen, so stay tuned.
1: You mentioned that you're writing for some other artists. How does that come about?
0: Um, it's just through relationships. Um, just kind of just being around, being present. Um, right now, I'm working with a great artist here in Chicago. Her name is Megan McNeil. Um, she is, I don't want to compare compare her to anybody, so I'll just say she's just an outstanding singer, vocalist. If you like Krisette Michelle. If you like Jill Scott, you'll like Megan McNeil, and um, her project is coming really, really soon. And we collabed on a couple of songs, and so it's 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 exciting. Um, And one of the things that I like to do is to write. Um, I like to write uh, lyrics. I like to write for other people. There's so much stuff that I can say, but it may not sound, it may not be suitable for, for kind of my story, or it's not necessarily for me. It may be for someone else. I mean, that's everybody does that, right? Stevie right. Wonder's been doing it for 50 years, so um, right, it's kind of the thing. And um, So, you know, I'm a ghostwriter, so to speak. <laughs>
1: that's really cool. Man, you, you just made me think about two different things. What's that? This is a little... Off subject, but you mentioned Stevie Wonder. hmm So I was in church last night. hmm And the band was playing behind the pastor. Okay. It, and it wasn't the sermon time, but the pastor was, like, giving announcements. Right. But still, the pastor was speaking. Right. And they were grooving. The band was nice. It was, for me, a little distracting because they sounded so good. Right. <laughs> and they, they, they were on this groove, and all of a sudden, man, the saxophone player came in. And he started playing part-time lovers oh, behind no. the pastor. Oh God! Talk about inappropriate tunes. What What was the pastor talking about? <laughs> when, does it matter? It Doesn't, it doesn't matter, man. <laughs> I mean, it, this was basic like church announcements. Oh, it, it gosh. wasn't like yeah. <laughs> anyway, that wow. what 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 do you think about that,
0: man? I don't, I don't, don't get me on soapbox, but. I think um, that's just a matter of teaching, training, and mentorship, and some things. I think the late great Maya Angelou said this best: "When you when you know better, you do better." Right, and so I won't necessarily fault them because they actually just may not know that that might not be appropriate in a in a sacred place, right? But you know. And that's a leadership thing, right? I'm not really trying to play Stevie Wonder in church, even though it could work, right? But the other part about it is that it's so much great gospel music out here right now, right? So much. Everybody's doing wonderful things that, you know, there's so much stuff to choose from. Why why do we have to choose from that portion of of great music? So I guess that's kind of my take, so.
1: Yeah, that's a good interesting interesting take. Yeah. So, I didn't mean to get off into that, but that's you, cool. you mentioned that's cool. Stevie Wonder and it's fresh <laughs> in my mind cuz it just happened last night. Last night. night. <laughs> and uh yeah, so you know, guys, music playing music in uh certain settings, uh it just needs to be a- appropriate. All right, that's all I'll say about that. I don't want to spend too much time on that. So, behind the no podcast is advice for a successful music career, and we wanted we want to educate, motivate, empower, and inspire. Okay. So, with with that in mind, um, do you right away? Does anything come to the front of your mind when I say advice for a successful music career
0: based on your experiences? Plan, 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 and we get done with that plan. And after that's finished, plan. A lot of times we There's so much more we could have done if we were just planned a little better and not been so hasty to, oh, I want to get this out. I know some people, I know some people have the lean startup mindset where just get it out and just. Do me a favor. Keep your, your, uh, right in front of the mic. Um, a lot of people are, um, you know, they feel like, you know, just get it out and hash it out however it happens, but. I'm a big advocate, and I've learned through experience is is that when I plan, things come out a lot better.
1: Let me. In, I'm sorry. Let me interrupt you. Yeah. Just in case somebody doesn't know the lean startup model, I think is Eric Reese. I right. Think, and uh, the concept is that you put out the least minimum, the minimum viable product. Right. The with the with the concept being that you have something out there. For people to use, right, and then you build on it from there while you get input from your audience, right, and then you you make it better, and then you create version 2.0, right, and sell version 2.0, and build on that and repeat. Right, exactly. That's exactly it. Okay, so now we got that out there. That's the lean startup model,
0: right. Um, and the other thing is is really being a student of the music business, like there. And not necessarily the music business, but being a student of business, you've got to study marketing. You've got to study the best marketers, right? Who are the best marketers? Donald Trump is a master marketer, right? Yes. I know he's kind of, you know, on, a, on a, uh, a grand scale, but he is an awesome marketer, right? Let's see, who are some other ones? I believe uh, LeBron James is a great marketer. Johnny Manziel is a great marketer with the money sign and all this stuff. He and hasn't, hasn't played, played a game one yet. Professional game. He yet. hasn't played a game yet, and everybody's talking about this guy, right? Yes. <laughs> he, you know, so it's it's really that's really what it's all about is planning and and marketing. If you can market your product, you can sell it, right? You can sell it anywhere at any time at any place, right? And so, and knowing knowing. Um, who is your market right from from the standpoint is that there is somebody who relates to what you're writing right you when you're writing your music it's not just for you right and the musicians that you play with right it's someone who needs that music right there's somebody who wants what you're creating so being able to navigate through and find out who that is. And it may not be who you want it to be, right? That's true. <laughs> it may not be that, right? You may want to want to go do Carnegie Hall, although, but, you know. When you at put this something
1: point, out there, you'll discover right. that maybe the direction I intended for myself isn't where I need to be going right now. Right. And you said something important, I think, is that you said it's for someone or Maybe a, a specific type of person, so everybody's not gonna like it. You have to know that and be okay with that, and just make it for the people that it's for. Right. If exactly. that makes any sense. Exactly. Because those people will will eat your stuff up. Definitely. And definitely. And they'll stay supporting you.
0: They will, and and that's what it's all about too. Is is cultivating that fan base, right? Every musician needs to have an email list, right? You've got to, you just got to have it, you know.
1: Um, excuse me. I'm about to interrupt and okay. and do a, a shameless plug right now note dot com. Go for it. And you guys, if you're not on the email list, I send something out once a week. Valuable tips for a successful music career. Indeed. So go to BehindTheNote.com dot com and join the email list. I mean, it's it's a community that's building up right now. So thanks, Wonderful. Larry, for bringing that up. That's All really important.
0: <laughs> indeed, indeed. You know, you got to have your tribe, right? Y'all have your tribe of believers and followers that'll um, definitely be with you, support you through whatever you're doing. So so how does a musician build their tribe? They build it by playing. Um, that's the first step is that um, once you got the band together, once you all have a couple of sets together, go out and perform. And all it takes is maybe another friend of yours to walk around an audience and say, Hey, do you guys want to sign up for the email list? Find out when you're going to catch this band again. You can do the same thing online. You can do it with your YouTube clips, right? Um, Contact us at uh, subscribe to us here. All that, all there's so many avenues for, for getting uh, direct contact to people who love your music. So it's just a matter of just getting out and getting it done.
1: I want to tell you on that note, I I had the privilege of playing a, a small club in Chicago for two years, once a month for two years it it was good for me right. on many levels, okay it didn't pay guys they were they were i I hardly ever got paid if I made mm. anything it right, was, right. I was surprised, but I was right. paying everybody else in the band right, however, every day I went out, talked to the people in the room. Right. asked them, after talking to them for a moment, I asked them if they would like to sign the email address, um, email list. Right, And many of them did. I mean, I had very few no's because that came after they heard me play right. and they were really into what we were doing. So that's just one way to do it. And I think it's powerful for the musician to do it themselves. And you can have someone else do it. And sometimes you actually need somebody else because when you're performing, there's just so many things you have to think about. Right. But uh, if you can, go out yourself, and people just like to meet the artist. Right. They that, do. That makes them so excited, man. You think you're a <laughs> rock star. Right, right. So
0: you're Exactly. Exactly right.
1: And on the YouTube note, uh, something just happened to me yesterday, which I was checking. <laughs> I was working on the blog, working on the website, and then I noticed... That somebody came to my website from youtube, okay, and that's normal, I guess, but it's not normal for me okay so i'm I'm just really starting out right, so I clicked the link to see what video they were watching, and it was my circular breathing demonstration mm, and it has a i don't know how many I don't know how many views there are, but you know on the sidebar where it shows right. the other videos, well, I have some other videos, okay, and I noticed that one of my videos were uh at nearly one thousand, right? For me, that's a lot. That is, and I was shocked. This that that was the how to play lip slurs video. So Trumpet now I stuff. <laughs> yeah. So now I know that people are interested, right, in some of that technical stuff. So now I can make more videos on on that. You okay, know? but mm-hmm. anyway, that can lead to. Email signups. Definitely. Because those people are showing interest in what you're doing.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think there's a that's a key strategy that you're implementing, the educational piece, you know, bringing people in because everybody, <laughs> you know, circular breathing and all that stuff, that's like heavy stuff. Like, I know I can't do it, but I, I'd probably be interested in learning or may have a, a kid in my school who's interested in learning. So uh, one of the things that, I know jazz musicians have have really mastered is bringing in the educational piece to their overall business, and so I think that's important um a import, an important element for all of us to consider while we're making music because part of being a musician is one of the things that happens natural to us, I believe is that we become teachers right that's we true. become teachers, and so that's something to definitely think about. As well as you're embarking on your career in music. Thank you, thank you very much.
1: Man, there was this one time I didn't know that Near Felder was finished with his statement, and um, I was waiting for him to finish his statement. I, it was like thirty seconds of silence. I was like, "Near, are you there? Did I lose you?" <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry for this dead pause. But anyway, um, one more thing about uh, <clears throat> excuse me. One more thing about YouTube. Um you want to have a steady flow of content. Yes. That works to your advantage. I did not do that. I learned the lesson the hard way. You you'll kick yourself in the end if you don't have a steady stream of of content. The reason is, first of all, it takes some time to be discovered. Right. On on platforms like that, there's so many videos. Right. And secondly, when people do find you, they're going to want more. Right.
0: So right. if it's already there, more power to you. Right. And I think uh, another part to to put on top of that is that it doesn't have to be HD TV quality. That it could be it could be you in your living room um just playing a couple of songs on your acoustic guitar. It could be just you in front of a microphone. It can be you outside, right? With your iPhone or with your um Galaxy Note or whatever it may be. So don't worry about um the high quality aspect of it. It's not about that, right? It's about relationship, right? It's about engaging. It's about us being able to see you because I learned this, that people don't come to my concerts necessarily to hear music, right? They come to see me, right? Or they come to see my band. And I think it's the same aspect applies to YouTube videos when people are watching all your videos. It starts becoming not so much about you know what you're what you're performing. We just want to see you, right? That's right. That's so, true. So um, that's a good. That's that's one of the things that you have to remember too. Don't worry about you know having all the great cameras and all the great footage, and just worry about just getting some consistent um, content out there. That's good, and that's something I'm learning as well. So um. you mentioned something else
1: valuable. What you said was that people come. To see you, yes. Not necessarily to hear the music you play, right? And that right. reminded me of another important point. Okay. How many times this is this just drives the point home further? How many times have you witnessed someone with without really great skill, without really great skill, performing often, getting a lot of jobs, mm. and you watch and you say, "Man, how is this person getting all the jobs?" <laughs> now, don't be jealous of that person. Right. Don't don't hate on that person because they have a skill that you need to develop, mm-hmm. which is the business side, which is what we're talking about. Marketing. And part mm-hmm. of it is is the diligent work. Yes. yes. Right. Yes. And not being afraid of people telling, you no, not right now. Right. But c- but continuing to work in until you reach the plan Definitely. that you wrote down. Definitely. Correct. Definitely. So Definitely. um, I want to kind of change gears slightly. I went to this concert Friday.
0: Okay, who was it?
1: John Fattis. John Fattis. Well, get this, man. Marcus Roberts opened for John Fattis. <laughs> 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 well, so, man, that concert was incredible. Um, right, he, right. He, uh, Roberts, Marcus Roberts, of course, Jason Marcellus plays bass uh, drum set with him. But uh, Marcus Roberts had uh, these young, they're not kids, they're all adults, but- Early 20s Okay. Uh, ensemble. Okay. It was, uh, let me think about this, four saxophone players, I think, one trombone player and two trumpet players. Okay. And the ensemble was good. It was nice writing and everything. Mm. However, anyway, just wanted to set that up. But I went to see Faddis. It was Triumph of Trumpets. So it was John Faddis, mm. Terrell Stafford. Terrell. And Sean Jones. And the hometown trumpet players included Marquis Hill, which was on the show, by the way, guys. You can go back and listen to Marquis Hill. That's my Hill. boy.
0: That's my man. Shout out to Keese. Yeah.
1: And uh, Orbert Davis was the other hometown trumpet player who I intend to have on the show. I hope we can work that out, Orbert, if you're listening. But I got the advertisement in the mail weeks prior. And when I looked at that advertisement, a f- uh, few things happened. First of all, I was inspired. And I was excited. This is why. Okay. Uh some Marquise Hill and playing at Symphony Center, that's a big deal. Right. Number number two, playing with John Faddis is a big deal, I think. Okay. If you if you have the privilege to do that, I think it's a big deal. But why is it a big deal? All right, we're gonna talk about that. But Marquise played with with those guys, and so did Orbert. Okay. And I'm looking at these guys who I'm I'm fairly close to both with both of them. And Orbert is a mentor of mine. And Marquise is in his twenties. And and Orbert is, uh, in, I believe he's in his early 50s. Two different, totally, two totally different paths meeting. And they, they're they doing what they want to do. Both of them are doing what they want to do. And I really appreciate that. So you got Marquise. This is what I see from the outside perspective. Marquise is performing. He's, he's um, always out on the road or local, but he's always performing four or five nights a week, he told us. Right. And he sounds great. CD, one CD, one CD released a year. He's on the street. Right. Three, I think. Right. Four is coming up. Right. And it works. So that's one approach. Definitely.
0: Definitely. He's doing good things. He is. He is. I'm very proud of him. I'm glad, glad um, that I know him. You know, he's probably one of the best guys you'll ever meet. Good person. Um, Yeah. And... Uh, he has a plan, so.
1: That's right. And then there's Orbert Davis. Totally different path. hmm Another great guy. Yes. Really humble person. Yeah. I don't know if it's possible to meet anyone nicer. Right. Totally different path. Studio work early in his career. Writing for a lot of jingles. Um, Now he has the orchestra, which is incredible in my opinion. And he does... Uh, he has the in-school program, Music Alive, through Chicago Jazz Philharmonic. It's great. Uh, I'm forgetting something. But, oh, the radio show, too. So he, he's doing all of these different things. He's educating children. And then these guys meet on stage, and they both play incredible trumpet. So I, for me, the lesson was, this was the lesson. I'm pretty long-winded. Do the work. You, if you work diligently, no matter what path you choose, You'll reach your goal
0: and influence people. That is it. That's it. You, you. There, there is no shortcut to greatness. There's no shortcut. <laughs> you know, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta put in the work. I was really excited just to see the two
1: totally different approaches. Totally different approaches, and and the, they're both doing well. And I, I believe Orbit's on a totally different level.
0: That's, I've, that's I've met me. Orbit. Um, i'm sorry orbert orbert sorry (laughs) i said orbit that happens all the time right i know he gets tired of that too yeah (laughs) i met orbert what maybe a couple years ago in st louis he is a nice guy i'm i'm friends with uh i won't say his partner mark ingram Mm -hmm. but um orbit is a you're right he's a got very humble spirit to him so he's a great guy
1: you have a mastermind is that true Yes, is that accurate? I heard you have a mastermind going on.
0: That is true. It's, what, it's what, well. I'm sorry. <laughs> what
1: is a mastermind, first of all, in this sense?
0: Um, well, a mastermind is any group of people who you know share knowledge. Uh, Meeting of the minds. Yeah, yeah. And so, in our case, um, the name of it is Artist Nation Elite.
1: Is it an iron sharpened iron type, type of yes. thing? Okay, it is.
0: It is. Um, and what um, Artist Nation Elite is is it is it's a mastermind group for like minded um artists of all genres, of all different parts of the music industry. So it could be musicians, um, uh, producers, you know, we and we have people in our group that are from from Florida to Boston, not just, you know, Chicago or, you know, the Midwest, but um, the group is designed to just support each other with with information, with resources, um, with support, uh, whether it be you know, oh, so many different ways I can't even even get into, um, but that that was the design of it is really to create a community for musicians to grow and flourish together. There's a saying that says all ships rise at high tide, and so the 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 parmect- the 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 objective is to get all the sh- all the ships together, right? So when the tide comes, we can all get there together because you can't make it in any industry by yourself. Right? That's true. Is that you need a support system? You need you need mentorship. You need um, folks by your side, right? And you also need folks that you can lift up with you, right? And so this is what that community is all about. Um, there's people in there doing wonderful things, from recording to composing to doing TV and film to all sorts of stuff. Um, and if anybody wants to um, learn more about it, you can um, tweet me at being underscore Larry underscore Brown underscore J R. What's um, that first thing you said? At what? At being. Spell that. B e i n g. Being. Bing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Say it one more time. The whole handle.
0: At Bing underscore Larry underscore Brown underscore Junior,
1: is Junior spelled out?
0: Mm. It's J R. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And so, um, it's a great thing. Um, where we just launched this year, so we're in our fifth, fifth month. So it's fair, six months rather. So it's um new, and so we're still learning and developing, but uh, we are definitely uh a growing group, and I'm just excited uh, to be a part of it.
1: Good. I I like the sound of that. I'm a part of a community myself where we help each other. Yes. And, and the group I'm a part of is a podcasting group because I'm serious about behind the note guys. I'm trying to get good for you, seriously.
0: For sure. For sure. Um,
1: but what's what's one example of, of you guys helping each other in the community? Well,
0: one example may be I'm going on tour in Boston, right, does anyone know any great clothes for independent jazz artists in Boston? And so someone from the group will message me and say, Larry, let's hop on a phone call for 15 minutes. Um, I know a club and I'll put you in contact with the owner. I'll talk to him first and then I'll have you call. Right. So that's resources that support. Right. And, and accountability, right. In order to get it done. So, um, just stuff like that or maybe you know guys i'm de- developing my website how can i what can i do to uh, make it more appealing and some of the folks who are into web design for bands or for musicians can give their viewpoint so it's all about just sharing your expertise thank you so much larry guess what it's that time
1: it goes pretty fast right yeah man i thought we were just getting started i feel that way too for I guess that means we just have to do it again.
0: For sure. I'll be ready. I'll be ready. I'll be ready.
1: Thank you so much, Larry Brown Jr., the very first in-studio guest. Hope there'll be many more.
0: We in the house.
1: (laughs) Right on. Hey, thank you, Larry, for coming by. Thanks for having me, Chris. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks, man. Thanks for uh, putting yourself out there to do this great uh, podcast. I'm a fan of it and looking forward to hearing more great interviews.
1: Thanks, Larry. Thanks, guys, for pressing play on today's episode. Real quick, I want to recap. The first lesson is that you will really want to plan your path out as much as possible. And then, of course, you got to take action. And number two, the point I was trying to make with the Orbert Davis and the Marquise Hill story, even if you don't know those two players, the point is that diligent work is rewarded. It almost doesn't matter which path you choose to take because, in the end, diligent work is rewarded so that's all for today's episode thank you for pressing play and we'll catch you in the next one